He wanted to arm Mujahideen. There! Who's the fucking nihilist around here, you bunch of fucking crybabies? Don't hate me, bro! Welcome to Post Your cause is right, and God is on your side. How's it going? Another post void post. This time it's gonna be a pretty long episode. I've gotten uh I've got some fairly lengthy notes here and I plan on taking a break to get even more notes to pull up some sources and all that. So this first little bit's gonna be kind of an introduction, more off cuff than anything else. Um, I definitely have to pull up some Wikipedia links for all of this, especially when I started getting into uh, the One Belt, One Road, the African Union, Sri Lanka, Montenegro, Italy, the Port of Long Beach, the NBA. <laughs> I can keep going. All right. Um, so this uh, podcast, I guess, has to do with, I, you know, I guess it will be foreign manipulation. Yeah. Not necessarily in our elections, but in our culture, in our communications, in our minds, in just our everyday talking, there is a good chance that if uh, you have fallen into the traps, hell, um, I, I'd like to think I haven't, but a lot of my peers seem to uh, be p- very politically galvanated towards a partisan side, and if that happens to be you, there's a good chance that you have been arguing with a Russian shill <laughs> or a Chinese shill or a Ukrainian shill or just any shill really like now it's kind of like you know it's uh, internationalized everyone knows that they can you know just poke at the poke at the 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 eagle that is the United States because you know our wings have been clipped yeah <laughs> um mm, mm, mm. yeah what if I told you that one political side bows to Russia and the other political side bows to China? Hmm. Seems interesting now. Oh, did the United States all of a sudden turn into a proxy war, a proxy location where they know that all out war would not be in the best interest of anyone, but to drive us all insane? Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's that's free reign right there. That's something brand new. That's, uh, you know. That's uh, eugenics in the working. All right, I did not expect for this to go to the direction that it just did. Holy shit. All right, that's like, that's end of the podcast type of talk. I got to write that down. All right, uh, what was it? Like uh, sociological experimenting of the United States through proxy? Yeah. Experiment U.S. through proxy. There we go. All right, I won't forget to talk about that. All right, on to something. Now, bring it down. Reel it, reel it, reel it all the way back from, like, you know, you got the little teaser at the for the end of this podcast, I guess. All right. Um, well, I guess this has to do with China. This, this, I'm going to, I'm going to do another podcast about Chinese U.S. relations. And, uh, first and foremost, when I say China, I am referring to the government of China. Now, um, like the People's Republic of China. But also I am aware that every citizen technically is a member of the Communist Party of China. So it's a little hard. It's it's actually like when you scathe the Chinese government, you technically are scathing the entire people of China too. Not Chinese Americans, not Amer not Americans that were once Chinese. Or not even dual citizens. Dual citizens are very peculiar. Like that's a very to be a dual citizen of China and the United States is almost like to be a dual citizen of the USSR in in the United States. You know what I mean? Because there there is a Cold War that's going on. There is it is a Cold War now. And all right, I'm gonna jump a little ahead again, but um, because I mean we we all know that the United States um started really getting under the thumb of uh chinese debt and that wasn't that was because of our leaders willingly selling out our factories almost no american wanted nafta to happen nafta the north american free trade agreement that bill clinton signed in um he not only sold our companies to mexico but sold our companies to china 
and in in with very little tariffs and now if we get so if china can import can export all their products to the united states on very little tariffs and then if we try to import it's a much higher tariff so of course there's there's the incentive for the united states businesses especially the ones that really skimp the pennies to go to china hence now how you have all those factories and then that exploded almost in the, the tp um into the tpp which most likely biden's going to try to sign in again and the tpp is like a runaround of china to basically be like oh well let's just do this to like indonesia and japan and i believe singapore and some other places i wouldn't be too surprised if hong kong's in the tpp oh god if the hong kong if hong kong is in the tpp bullshit no way are we gonna fucking have world war three happen over hong kong fucking bullshit I call bullshit on that. Like, all right. I'd say walk away from the Hong Kong protests if that's going to fucking cause World War III. Like, seriously. Let Chinese have it. Let China have it. Like, Macau. Most people do not know about Macau. I believe it's pronounced Macau. It's another Chinese providence that's right in the same bay as Hong Kong. And it's like their, uh, quote-unquote, casino capital. Because I believe gambling is illegal in China. But you can go to Macau and gamble. It's like they're Las Vegas. Um... It's like the size of Singapore or the size of Hong Kong, which is smaller than Rhode Island. Yeah, like they're super, they are city-states. Yeah, like they are basically city-states of the metropolitan area. Yeah, it's so strange. Like Asia really is far different than, than the West. And the major misconception is to say that they are technologically inferior. They are not. They are actually superior they have a lot, it's like, if you were to look at it like almost like a video game, it's like we have everything built up already, they have a lot more potential, so it's like, they, we we constantly have to fucking like, defend, we're on the defense, they're on the offense, like that's that's just the deal right now, like it's just the fucking deal, um, it's been the deal since we entered Afghanistan, because most people do not realize that Afghanistan geologically, like geographically, it touches China. It has this weird, look up, look up Afghanistan, a map of Afghanistan. I'm not going to fucking put it in the links because just look up a map of Afghanistan. And it has this weird little tail that like goes past like, I don't know, I think it's Turkmenistan and like some other countries, uh, Pakistan, it goes past Pakistan and then touches China through i believe the gobi desert so it's like it's in the middle of nowhere but it still touches china so if we have military bases in afghanistan that means that we can put a military base geographically right next to china and you know i've said this i think in like my third episode I'm like i wouldn't be too surprised if there's silent wars going on like you know like you know we're shooting at chinese soldiers and chinese soldiers are shooting at us and no one's reporting about it or talking about it because they know that if that happens, like, yeah, and no, no, no one would benefit from that. You know, no one would benefit from a WikiLeak about the United States firing on Chinese soldiers or vice versa. Like everyone knows that no one wants a war. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, oh, so then therefore, like I said, the cultural war driving the Americans insane. And, um, in the second part, I'm about to go into the, uh, facts of the matter, which is essentially the One Belt, One Road program that uh, they, it's also um, AKA the New Silk Road, in which China's been trying to um, build for about a decade now. But uh, it's all about a matter of procuring the locations first, you know, because this is not a highway that's an intercontinental highway like, say, uh, Route 66 in the United States, because that was all between one nation. What they are implying is that they want a New Silk Road, which runs. A Chinese highway, most likely a toll highway, that and also <laughs> probably has sensors, cameras, you know, all that, all that good stuff that comes uh, with a smart city. So maybe a smart highway, something like that. Maybe they, they may, maybe they'll uh, buy up uh, a mile between the highway, you know, and make it like an international Chinese zone, almost kind of like what we did with the Panama Canal, and like you know. Then that that way they could uh, do a high speed rail if they needed to. Like, so it justifies a high speed. Oh, we need this extra land in case we want to re- we want to build for a high speed rail, you know. So it cuts through all these nations, and every nation that it cuts through, they've been trying to economically put into servitude. <clears throat> Not only that, but they've been doing it to almost all of Africa as well too. 
So it's almost like a it's a it's a pronged belt. They kind of want it to prong out and go down towards um, Egypt, I believe, in that area. Or if not, um, build a bridge or some sort of underground tunnel waterway, I believe, through the Persian Gulf near the tip of, like, Yemen going to, like, what is it, Yemen to Somalia? Like, that, and there's, like, a, there's a little island there. Like, they, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of crazy stuff. But the thing is, though, is that actually China has the um, ant power, <laughs> to be as lightly as put, to put it as possible, to do it. And um, again, I have to alliterate, um, in no way am I scathing or calling a uh, Chinese person evil or anything like that. Uh, their, their government actually operates very, um, I personally think, insidious, but at the same time too, um, out in the open, it's, it's fairly, it's fairly obvious, you know, um, it's still a lot less backhanded than the United States, but now, honestly, I almost question if we even have a, uh, an MO anymore, if the United States even has, um, some sort of, uh, future planning. I, I think, honestly, right now, we might be experiencing some sort of proxy civil war it's not really a civil war it's like a proxy war it's an ideological proxy war cultural ideological mandated proxy war like a a, a war through not a, not a war through words really it's i guess it's more a war through the written word yeah yeah a war a war through text all right on that note um i'm going to take a quick break i am uh have to give credits well, uh, future, all right, all my credits, I guess I might as well give now. So, uh, first and foremost, credits to Anchor, um, which, uh, I, I will say openly, yeah, it's a, it's a subsidiary of Spotify and they've been having a lot of new interesting features with Anchor. Um, I have a bonus series that I've been doing where, um, you can tie in any song that's on Spotify and put it into your podcast. I happen to have, I've had a Spotify account for about two years now. I like to have access to all that music. And um, personally, I am not a fan of Apple. So I just don't like the Monopoly style that Apple has. Um, I, I understand that they don't sell your data as much as Android. But, st- you know, either way, if you, have, if, you have an, if you have an Apple phone, you can still get Spotify. <laughs> so, um, and, and also, too, I should mention that Anchor itself is free. So you can listen to this podcast for free without needing to have a Spotify subscription, which is unique compared to other um, podcast providers, say, like Stitcher and Rockfin. Alrighty, um, on to my um, musical credits. That will be um, La Doom, and that's La Doom Death. It's a, unru- well, it's a release song that had been forgotten. I don't know if the artist is even still active. I uh, like the song. I um, have it as my intro because a, I have not found the song for sale anywhere particularly, and b, um, I I think that the song should not be for, uh, forgotten with to time. Uh, okay, and then on to possibly my second credit. It is Eight Bit Soldier, which again an artist that is. Uh, using a cover of a song, and this is uh, from uh, YouTube of his, so go to his YouTube and subscribe if you like it, and it's um, a clip of, I believe, Anything Can Happen in the Next Half an Hour by Enter Shikari, and then the third would be, and and that is a cover by Enter Shikari um, uh, that is covered by Fair Use, three ways over because of the fact that it is a cover by an artist. Also, I do not monetizing on this page. Uh, third would be that, uh, is a unreleased demo by Bill Murray, which again, he is not trying to profit off of in any way, shape or form. But if you enjoy the riff at the end of this episode, I would highly recommend searching B U L M R I. And he uh, has a new album coming out called Eggy Pocket, and I've heard one song from it. It is very refreshing and will most likely be featured in one of my future playlists off of the, called The Bonus Army. 
Last but not least, there is a friend of mine who shall rename not anonymous because I asked if they, if she wanted credit. She said no. So, um, a friend of mine happened to give me some very good source information on how uh, Russia, private Russian shills, essentially, which that I may sound a little conspiracy if I'm talking about shills. Honestly, yeah, that's a real thing. Why wouldn't there be people in Russia pay to influence not necessarily directly the United States politics, but our minds in a sociological way. Um, apparently Facebook did a crackdown and took down a lot of like socialist type groups. One of them, um, both of us were members of, which was the, uh, Slavjoy Zizik, the, uh, philosopher Zizik, his, his major group of, I, they had at least like 60,000 people in the group on Facebook and very active, got up, got just completely overtaken by tankies kind of also um being very sympathetic to chinese war crimes which i'll get into later um and yeah it, it was rather interesting so um i'm definitely going to give her credit and if i bring up those uh hopefully i'll bring up those articles or remember to bring up those articles so on that note thank you for listening to the credits for the episode and on to part two An additional credit would be going to Charlie Robinson specifically, and both his podcast, Macroaggressions, which I've been, I listened to his episode, or I have been listening to his episode, The Red Dragon, and such and such, look it up, it's his most recent episode on Macroaggressions, it pertains heavily to the subject that matter right now. And also, uh, particular personal stories he has as well, too. I'm a big fan of Charlie Robinson. I think that he is very well-versed in, um, the political landscape. And also, too, he does try as best he can to not only be honest, but also to keep his work as little commercialized as possible and also um as balanced politically along the spectrum as possible as well too i could show his podcast to somebody you basically have to be somewhat politically minded but i could i could honestly show his podcast to someone on the left or the right and they would be able to um find the value in his word and his new book is The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, which is co-written by uh, Jeff Berwick and Doug Casey. Uh, through reading a bit of it, it's very interesting. It's all um, using the platform of um, Building 7 falling, actually, which I personally find a huge kinship to because I remember seeing Building 7 fall on live TV when I was a child, 11 years old, running back home from the bus because I had heard, quote unquote, New York City blew up. And I turn on the TV and the first thing I see is Building 7 fall. And then all the rest of the time, I just see one, two and the field in Pennsylvania and the Pentagon. And then nowhere did I see Building 7 until maybe about two or three years later. But I remembered, I'm like, oh yeah, that weird brown building that fell too, yeah. Um, I, I never saw building, people talk about Building 6, I've never, or 8, is it 8 or 6? Like, people talk about the other one, I, mean, I don't even know about the other one. Apparently there's another one too, like Building 7, like, oof, I don't know, it gets curry-curry. But, um, Charlie Robinson, if you're, if you, if you dig my podcast, I would definitely recommend his he is way more versed than I am, but, uh, similar energy, I'd like to think. Yeah, anyways, um, his, so, uh, get, that again is the controlled demolition of the American Empire. I want to say that's actually, I, I've heard, I haven't checked yet, but I think it's 50 on Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about how that book is, uh, right now, or at least during the week it released, teetering right next to 1984 on Amazon. Yeah, so, um, anyways, on that note, on to the rest of the podcast. Enjoy, and thank you for listening to my lengthy credits. Well, I'm wearing his cow people sweatshirt, so I, so I should know how to say his name correctly. His name is B-I-L- 
M-U-R-I. That is Bill Murray. B-I-L-M-U-R-I. Who is Johnny Frank from also Attack Attack? If you're familiar with the song Stick Stickly, that would also most likely be at some point within my bonus army. To finally finish off the credits, I had to get that correct. I could not butcher Bill Murray's name. And that's, again, not spelt like the actor. Uh, It's spelt B-I-L-M-U-R-I. Yes. One beauty of Anchor as well, too, is the fact that um, even if I do have to be concerned somewhat of, say, uh, rights of audio, I can uh, segment it. And I know that if this episode happens to get flagged or whatever, I uh, don't think that they would completely delete all my segments because these are all saved. Spotify? Hey, I guess they're doing a little better than YouTube. Anyways, um, so this segment to start off what uh the rest of my episode's going to be i couldn't help but share this uh it, it it's way too poignant to the subject at hand it's charlie robinson it's charlie robinson from his uh most recent episode of macroaggressions so uh most likely if you're listening to this on spotify i want to say his podcast since it's spotify it's probably pushing as well through anchor so look up macroaggressions one word, and you will find Charlie Robbins' podcast, in which I am about to be playing in a moment here. And uh, the episode is The Red Dragon versus Uncle Sam, which (laughs) I believe I might make my episode name fairly similar, except I may include a third party there. Yeah. Um, hmm, hmm, Funny, funny. So, to continue, here we go. Hopefully this audio comes out fairly well. I'm going to blast it. All right. Uh, I want to say I want to start it about... um, So if you want to search this source, I'm starting this at about 8 minutes, 17 seconds. I'm going to let it go for about until 11 11 minutes in. So this is about 8 minutes in, and it's going to go to about 11 minutes in. And this is off of Macroaggressions. Charlie Robinson's Macroaggressions available on um, Spotify Anchor. Also notably as well to, I believe, Iconic, which is David Icke's program as well. So, um, or platform. Um, not to... <laughs> hey, we could, I could get into a whole discussion about David Icke, but at the same time, they at least... Hey, I'm, um, Charlie doesn't get into the reptilians, you know. <laughs> He's just geopolitical. So, yeah, um, here we go. This is Charlie Robinson. And they view their citizens, the government views the citizens, you know, as not with any sort of love, just as kind this of is like pertaining a to China. of ants that they have to manage. And the people also see themselves as just, you know, more ants. And, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Chinese people by describing them as ants but i'm just saying that they they have this there's just so many and they are all trying to they're you know in some ways they're working in concert and it's an interesting culture it's a culture that does not really uh praise the individual um it really works to uh glorify the group as a whole as opposed to individuality and that's fine it's just a different way of doing things i'm not even necessarily saying that that is the wrong way to do it. I wouldn't want to live there and I wouldn't want to participate in that. But, you know, look, there's there's all sorts of ways to run your society. And certainly the American government 
the American version of running society has a ton of flaws in it, obviously. So it's not as if we're we're in some real position to lecture people on, on, on how best to run their government. But with regard to China, it's pretty obvious that it is real different. Um, just the way the government views the people, the people is the people are terrified of the government as they probably should be, and the culture uh, doesn't place. You know, it's just it's just different. It's 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 different even by Asian cultural standards too. I mean, the way including China Korea and a lot of other places is very different from the way that uh, Japan runs their their culture. So uh, this is not to be a critique of China and to say that they need to get their act together and change and become America, because I don't think that's the solution. But this is it, understanding what is happening inside China from a domestic policy standpoint, and also understanding their role in foreign diplomacy and what they're trying to achieve or not trying to achieve um, – with regard to their foreign investments and their and their military deployments and things like that, and then the, you know another component is how the rest of the world views China and what that means as far as uh, developing policies in the United States, in particular, uh, towards dealing with China for the next twenty plus years. Exactly fifty. So in order to understand as well. why China does the things that they do, it's kind of important to get some sort of historical background on who they are and what they do. And oh, this so is not meant that. to be a full, detailed analysis of Chinese history. Just a small one, just so that we, we have a little bit of a going to go another two here. minutes here so on Charlie Robinson's podcast. China's been around for over 4,000 years. They, they have a tendency... This is where it gets really the good. ...the Great Wall of China. They're a culture that is... More isolationist. They they they, per, they are really sort of focused the on themselves. Here. You don't see them overly. Ex, you know, they're not expanding. They're not threatening their neighbors. It's not to say that they. Well, they are a little bit. They can't. I mean, it's not to say that they're they're always. The Uyghurs. They're not decent they're to the people that the live Uyghurs. inside their borders, but but they're they're also not actively aggressive with neighboring. Countries. They are on certain ones. They are um, Tibet. Yeah, but the growth of China, both in terms of population and economy, has been nothing short of astounding. And when one considers the mess they were in after Mao's Cultural Revolution, their progress is almost unbelievable. It's and Mao's Cultural Revolution involved the murder of seventy million of their own people. So he was a maniac Here we go. of epic proportions. And I know everybody throws around Hitler. Death tolls. You're the next Hitler. He doesn't mention Stalin, though. Stalin's, then, I, I believe, about know, 30 million, listen, too. Hitler had nothing on Mao, okay? You don't want to, if you want to stack up death tolls, it's Hitler, you know, Mao's Stalin, Mao. It anywhere from 10 to 15 times more than Adolf Hitler. Uh, but it doesn't really get Hitler get had about 10 million. Kind 10 million of, all encompassing. Um, Stalin had. Press, if you even ca- if you count World Hitler War has, two, has bad PR. two also, which I wouldn't <laughs> I count Stalin rad, but if you count Hitler World War II, Stalin had about twenty, thirty, maybe ten. Stalin was pretty high. People they murdered. He's not talking about Stalin. Top of the list because he he had. Well, he had a long time of doing it, like three decades, but he also had an almost an endless supply of people he could murder. Yep. Mao is about eighty million. You know. Through his negligence. So many people I'm his going own, to go uh, into his um, own, the three-prong campaign. When he killed all the canaries. So when, when, when he made Richard people metal urgy in their Henry backyards. made China a priority Listen. for American economic development. In conjunction with Chase Bank and David Rockefeller. I'm going to rewind that. I was talking over it. I was an asshole. I'm sorry. Charlie starts talking about some crazy stuff which I didn't know about. One second. I'm going to have to go back here. Here we go. I'm going to shut the fuck up. That's been hit by the car. They just kind of look at him and go about their... Oh, shit. Okay, all right. He has a point with this, too. If you're on a motorcycle and you get hit by a car... Um, pedestrians, onlookers, witnesses, they don't really rush to the aid of the person on the motorcycle that's been hit by the car. They just kind of look at them and go about their, their own 
life just keep walking and do whatever every now and then you know they'll drag the guy off and maybe out of the street but they're not going to render any aid and my response was good lord that sounds that sounds like barbaric and horrific like why is that and her response to me was (laughs) i'll never forget it she says well because there's just so many of us that we don't you know there's as they to their these in the united states particular uh towards dealing with China for the next 20 plus years. So in order to understand why China does the things that they do, it's kind of important to get some sort of historical background on who they are and what they do. And, and this is not meant to be Here's a when he goes into analysis. Of I was talking history. over about Stalin. Here's when he goes so into Mao. We have a little bit of, a, of context here. So China's been around for over 4,000 years. They, they have a tendency. We know about the Great Wall of China. They're a culture that... Talks about is, Rockefeller all of a sudden. More isolationist. They, 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 per, they That's through the skull and really bones. Yeah. Sort of Opium wars. You don't see them overly, exp, you know, they're not expanding. They're not threatening their neighbors. It's not to say that they they can't. I mean, it's not to say that they're, they're always, they're not decent to the people that live inside their borders, but... But they're they're also not actively aggressive with neighboring countries. They're sort of working on their own thing. Um, but the growth of China, both in terms of population and economy, has been nothing short of astounding. And when one considers the mess they were in after Mao's Cultural Revolution, their progress is almost unbelievable. And Mao's Cultural Revolution involved the murder of 70 million of their own people. Yep. So he was a maniac. 70 million. Epic it was, proportions. Half of it was through negligence, but still. You're the next Hitler, and you're this. And, like and I then, said before, you know, Stalin. Listen, but, Hitler had nothing on Mao, okay? He didn't want to, if we want to stack up death tolls, you know, Mao is operating at... Mm-hmm. Anywhere from ten to fifteen times more than Adolf Hitler, uh, but it doesn't really get. He doesn't calling get of the that females. They don't even count it to of, that. Um, Remember when they used to kill girls? Press, I guess Hitler had has bad PR. <laughs> I guess I when they know, used I'm to gonna, kill the I'm girls. Say that Hitler was a, was a good guy or anything like that. I'm just saying that Mao used to kill context, like females. Really it's like, like if oh, a female boot down the shoot go. Mao would be at the top of the list because he he had. Uh, he had a lot long time of doing it like three decades but he also had uh, an almost an endless supply of people he could murder like chickens and that was one of his you know greatest accomplishments was killing so many people of his own uh his own of his own citizens yeah so when when richard nixon and henry kissinger here we go made china a priority for american economic development in conjunction with Chase Bank and David Rockefeller, it took a very old country that was best known for silk, opium, an enormous wall, and transformed it into the largest factory on the planet, all in half a century. Now, part of that transformation was the realization that in order to make these drastic changes, an exodus would have to take place in which the rural population would migrate to the big cities and industrial hubs. Smart cities. Now, some people moved willingly and others did not. The authoritarian roots of the country still remain. So some were forcibly relocated to fill the needs and the demographic shift away from an agrarian society and into manufacturing. That's no. what they did. Here's the they next shift. They lured people out of the farms and into the factories. Sounds like California, and huh? That was a shift that was that took time. Sounds but like California, it's huh? It's important to realize who was Sounds driving like New York, this, huh? this shift. It was uh, David Rockefeller hmm. and his his involvement uh, in and, China through Chase Bank. and Prescott Bush. He was. And Yale and 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 China becoming what they and were. The now, opium wars. Now the Chinese government is going to take some credit for it, obviously. We've and got the, the opium Chinese wars. workers and this cultural shift and all this stuff is going to get credit for it. But but at its core, when David Rockefeller got involved with the opening up of China through his connections with Kissinger and Nixon, yeah, uh, what See, he's that talking did later. He's talking like the was, 60s. That was 
if you know David Rockefeller, who he is, how he operates, what he values in life, you would know that this was not because he wanted to save the Chinese people or he didn't, he wanted to, you know, to improve upon their situation. This was purely selfish on his, on his part. No. This was because he wanted to open selfish up and the and cheapest possible fans. labor he could get his hands on for the variety yep. of industries that yep. they control, not the least of which is the pharmaceutical industry, which makes all of our medicine in China. And opium but wars. beyond that, he understood like Afghanistan. that Americans with their unions and their you know high wages you know you can get a widget made anywhere why pay a dollar for one when you can pay us you know two cents for it so <laughs> he started this push of offshoring uh the manufacturing process but before he did that they had to make sure that the infrastructure of china was either in place or was in the process of being put in place so that this uh industrial revolution that he envisioned in china would take place and would actually be effective so, well, so that's this process of relocation of the Chinese peasants from the fields into the factories. And we did it to the Chinese in with California when we took them to mine. Cities and away from Remember that during the gold rush? Fact, the projections uh, are that Chinese cities will grow by 350 million people in the next decade. Oh, it seems funny that they have these ghost cities. To urban living. These so cities that are that shells with nobody living in them yet. that number signifies. With cameras set up in them and stuff. As many Chinese people... Look up Darwin. Australia, that, Darwin. There, there will be as many Chinese people moving from the farms to the cities in the next 10 years as Americans living in America. 350 million Chinese people. <laughs> You think the Chinese cities are full now? You think Beijing's pollution is is out of control right now in 2020? Wait till 350 million more people move. The entire equivalent to the entire population of the United States is going to relocate into Chinese cities by 2025. Uh, China will build five million additional buildings. (laughs) <laughs> it's in the next five years in and the they're buying up so years, many more internationally five million additional bills that's buying a million up mines everywhere a year, fighting elon musk fifty thousand high rises i was in shanghai all right hey i'm gonna pause the it rooftop deck all right of the ritz carlton hotel oh what the fuck are you talk about charlie all right surprisingly was very here we go <laughs> Oh, I didn't want to cut him off there, but still, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So, um, there we go. He's the, uh, that's Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions. That episode, I believe, is the Red Dragon versus Uncle Sam. Uh, he, he's very well versed. This is coming from someone who, um, like I myself are, I, I consider I am an anarchist. Of course I'm an anarchist. And he is as well. Um... One thing, he's definitely certainly not straight up an ANCAP. He, he understands, um, uh, he, <laughs> there's other podcasts I listen to where they rally against taxing, taxation all the time. He, he actually doesn't really touch upon the subject. I don't either that much. You know what I mean? Um, I actually, I, sli- I slightly do because I live in New England, you know, so like New England's a little different. It's like I have to mention taxing sometimes and I have to like, and I have my own opinions of it locally, you know, um, but certainly I am an anarchist in saying that most of my ideology that I have, I would never want to impose on, say, even someone that lives in, like, anywhere in, like, the desert region or the south or, like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't fucking know how anybody, like, I, I feel like I can talk a little bit about California in the West Coast because they, there were, like, satellite coastal uh, ideologies. There is a high similarity between California and Massachusetts in the New England area. And that's through the fact that it's, it's like educational tech. We have just very, very similar ideologies. So I can, I can make analogies to the United States, like in the, within the United States to California in New England. But I feel like that's really all I have credence to talk about. I think I can talk about, um, the Midwest a little bit because of the fact that, um, I have family from Missouri and I do have familiarity with Missouri and like, oh, like Pennsylvania and that type of area. 
I, I don't really like to talk about the South or, or I, I will mention Texas, but it's like just because I've caught up on Texas politics like throughout my life, you know, so like I know how um, split down the middle kind of Texas is, how purple Texas is, I guess you could say, um, and how it's Austin, even in Austin, it's like it's like uh, it looks like a uh, jawbreaker. Where it's like, yeah, like, you have like blue and then red and then blue and then red. It's like really funny. Austin's like a jawbreaker. Yeah, it's like all of Texas is like a jawbreaker. It's like, it's like a bunch of different colors, like all spread out through it. Oof, all right. Um, uh, you know, yeah, it's fun to talk about Texas. Here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm glad I could bring up Texas in a episode about China. Because Texas is literally the fucking opposite of China. So, yeah, it's like, it, or is it? Or is it? Bum, 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 bum. Anyways, um, on that note, on to the real podcast. I got to think of another intro or interlude because I wasn't expecting this weird little uh, bonus feature of Charlie, again, Charlie Robinson's macro aggressions available on Anchor, Iconic, Spotify, I think YouTube, a lot of other places. Just look for Charlie Robinson. Um, also under the um, oct- the Octopus of Global Control, which I believe is his first book. And then to Realliterate, which was in the um, credits I left before. The His new book is The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And I believe most of his episodes are based upon chapters of the book. So that was his episode... Uh, hour long based upon China as well. Mine will be going in different directions, I guess, a little bit. But I certainly needed to pose to you that specific part right on the nose where he mentions Rockefeller and Chase Bank and how um, also that was all bankrolled, I believe, under Prescott Bush. And I remember the Opium Wars. I thought he was talking about the Opium Wars, but apparently he was talking about Nixon and Kissinger. So I'm going to have to look that up and source it as well, too, and then share it in the next part. So hope you enjoyed all of that. Hope the audio came through well when I was trying to replay all of that. And on to the number three. Credit to my next intro goes to Strawberry Girls. First song is Simon Vendetta. And the second song is... Um, Violent Night, and I believe it's off of French Ghetto and American Graffiti, uh, a previous informer. Um, the sample is from the movie The Network, I believe I made a post about that earlier. Anyways, in I hope you enjoyed and or enjoy. I, I don't know where I'm going to place this. And um, on to uh, our brainwashing by numerous cabals fighting in a proxy war for our minds. Ooh, it's fun. It's funner than, I guess, getting blown up by drones, I guess. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or turning into slaves mining for diamonds or lithium. Yeah, already. The final revelation is at hand. I have seen the shattering vulgarations of ultimate clarity. The light is impending. I bear witness to the light. Good morning, Mr. Beale. They tell me you're a madman. Only dizzle to relate. How are you now? As bad as a hatter. Who is it? I'm going to take you into our conference room. Seems more seemly a setting than what I have to say to I started as a salesman, Mr. Beal. I sold sewing machines, automobile parts, airbrushes, electronic equipment. They say I can sell anything. I'd like to try to sell something to you. Valhalla, Mr. Beal. Please stop. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it! Is that clear? You think you've merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back! It is ebb and flow! Tidal 
gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and immense interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rings, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting too close to Get up, Mark. start this off sorry for the clicking right here i'm gonna need to pull up an npr article so npr um to note first and foremost npr i believe is invested by the Koch brothers right or Koch brother now um npr also is semi-nationalized somewhat similar to the bbc i guess so there's a grain of salt here but um oh hey you know what? There's a listen. I'm going to let this play out. I have not heard this yet. Here we go. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm on headphones. Doesn't matter. They're just doing an intro anyways. Here we go. 
message come from Little Passports, offering activity kits to keep passports. kids engaged and expand their minds. <laughs> Give the kids passports, expand their minds. To explore the world. Get your real ID, real ID 2020. Here it comes. Go get it, kids. With just weeks left until the election, more evidence is coming out about how Russia is again interfering. Facebook has confirmed that it has removed accounts linked to Russian state actors who were trying to spread is false this, stories. Um... Those stories were aimed at influencing the outcome of the November vote. NPR's tech what? reporter Bobby Allen is covering this and joins hey, us now. Allen. Good morning, Bobby. Bobby. Allen. Hey, Rachel. So tell us more, what exactly did Facebook uncover? So this all started with a tip from the FBI. Federal authorities reached out to Facebook and said, hey, we found the site PeaceData.net, and it says it's an international news site, but if you look very closely, it sure does look like a Russian propaganda tool. So Facebook looked into it and indeed discovered that it was linked to Russian operatives, and it was sharing hundreds of bogus news articles about everything from racial injustice to the campaign of... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, I talked to Ben Nimmo of research firm Graphica. They collaborated with Facebook on looking. Remember at all those tankies popping up? And Nimmo told me that uh, the Russian operatives who were running it were posting articles on Facebook to, to groups liked by progressives. It was very much a yep. strong lefties attacking lefties. Constituencies that they were aiming at, but in among there, there were indeed pieces which are saying, "Well, Biden and Harris, they're much too far to the right." So they were trying to make progressives less likely to be supportive of the Biden-Harris ticket. How does that compare, Bobby? I wouldn't necessarily say that. Ago? Researchers say, you know, this operation both echoes the 2016 like playbook a, that, that's and looking too uh, elements. So myopic. Four years ago, Russian troll farms pushed false stories to suppress the progressive and minority vote to try to hurt Hillary Clinton. We're seeing that tactic myopic. again. It's a similar goal. What's new myopic. here is they duped Americans into helping them seem more credible. They posted writing gigs on hiring boards in the U.S. telling, hmm. you know, young and inexperienced journalists that, hey, if you want to make some extra money, you could come write for PeaceData.net. Um, here's Nathaniel Gleischer. He heads cybersecurity policy at Facebook. They used that to reach out to unwitting freelancers to essentially trick them into writing for this fake organization and writing on topics that the Russian actors wanted them to write on. The thing is, Rachel, it didn't quite work. Facebook and Twitter both caught this very early on, and these pages never really gathered the reach that the Russian operatives had hoped. So the tech companies are saying, look, this is a success story. Can they really bask in the success of this, though? I mean, there's all kinds of other disinformation on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it was identified and whacked before it reached millions of people. That is a good thing, right? But we know that Facebook has trouble controlling its platform, frankly, whether it's violent militia groups that go there to organize or QAnon conspiracy theories. Or Order the Nine Angles. Troubling and, frankly, sometimes dangerous content on the platform. And or sometimes that stuff, it's tankies. Maoist tankies. So they have been paying attention to this, though. They've talked a lot about their efforts to Chinese Maoist tankies. content on their platform. Is any of that working? That are Russian, actually. You know, Ukrainian it's a constant probably. game of cat and mouse. In 2016, the Russian meddling was so impactful because the Russian Ukrainian. farms were able to build On audiences over time, it's over a many, many, many months. Facebook's Gleischer says Russians have some new tricks up their sleeve, but so too does Facebook. We're using them as a proxy. They're the middleman. They're the third middleman. They are, and being more and more deceptive to conceal their operations. Yeah, so Facebook only started this investigation after the FBI told them about it. And before then, these pages were sharing on Facebook for three months, which in Facebook time oh, longer than a that, very, bro. very long time. NPR's Bobby Allen, thank you so much for your reporting on this. We appreciate it. All right. Here we go. So uh, hopefully I'm back. Hopefully it doesn't start playing another weird ad or something. I got to exit out of that. Um, eh, you know what, I, I, I trust, hopefully it won't. So, um, on that note, I'm going to pause this for a quick moment and do a, um, eh, lazy enough, I'm gonna do a, uh, template segue from Anchor, so enjoy some, uh, custom Spotify, uh, musicianship. I, uh, whoever, uh, did this music, I, I, hey, Spotify, look into Tycho, Tycho. T-Y-C-H-O. He's Grammy winner. He'd be good for uh, doing these uh, intros and shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I wish I could do it, but 
I don't want to have to limit this episode to just Anchor and Spotify. I love you guys, but believe me, I will make an episode that spotlights him. Oh man, maybe I should edit that into it. I need to keep this free flow going. Anyways, um, yeah, I already did my credits. Yeah, alright, I'm just going to keep this going. That was NPR... Um, that was an NPR segment, and the NPR segment is titled Facebook and Twitter Remove Russian-Backed Accounts Targeting Left-Leaning Voters, September 1st, 2020. Yep. Alrighty. On to the nitty-gritty. Well, this probably will be the last segment for tonight, but this will actually be a part two. I know I keep teasing about the MK Doctors. I believe me, I am not forgetting about Jolly West and Mr. Kessler, but Dr. Kessler, I should say. But I got a boatload of notes, a lot of notes, a lot of notes here. Too much to cover for tonight. I know I tease on the One Belt, One Road. I cannot cover that tonight. It was... Good intro. It's been a good intro, you know. Um, I'll get into One Belt, One Road. Don't worry about that. Um, I got a good synopsis on it, and most people are not making the connection on the fact that China is buying up the infrastructure, not only in Africa through the uh, rush, uh, through the African Union, but also through the Balkan states as well, too. They're trying to connect that road, going it all the way to Rome. Yeah. One Belt, One Road, the new Silk Road. I... We'll probably post this episode as fast as I can just to get it up because I did use a lot of things that I don't know if that can go by copyright. I try to source everything as properly as I could. So if you're listening to this episode, I am not monetizing off of anything. Please listen to the episode for credits. I am going to properly source this once I can. It will most likely be an edit after I post this episode. I'm going to post it as soon as I can to Anchor. I'll let them handle it. And then... They have an issue, they'll let me know. If they don't, then um, I'm still going to go through the uh, description and try to not only credit everything that I need to credit, but also put sources for what I need to source as well, too. Um, I think I've had all my bases covered. The final song that I will be playing is um, an edit off of Secret Band. Yeah, I don't need to go into too much detail about Secret Band, aside from the fact that um, the lead singer is Jonathan Mess, and that um, I believe the drummer is... Fuck, why am I playing... I'm playing a disc of Prince. Well, Will Swan. You definitely want to look up Will Swan. Why am I playing... Oh my god. Pause it for a second. I'm a dick. I paused that. I didn't even need a Google search. It's Matt Mingus. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, um, I like, so I was like, oh, wait, Matt Mingus? Yeah, Matt Mingus. It's totally Matt Mingus. Yeah, Matt Mingus on drums as well, too. So the song coming up, I edited, I, uh, you can call that a post-void, post-remix. Yeah, like, um, right? I'm allowed to do remixes, right? Like, if I'm putting it in my own podcast and, like, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, uploading that as a song. It's, Outlude. It's my it's my second number two outlude, and I feel like this song Moon attributes a lot to um just the meta um primordial soup that comes into conversation when we talk about Russia, China, and the United States. Yeah, so I'm gonna leave this off my part one. My part two is probably going to start off a lot more um scholarly again but I, 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 try, I try to keep it i try to keep it on point right guys yeah all right so um this is basically me doing something that spotify already allows me to do but i just decided to edit the song so this is S- secret band secret band L- look up the band secret band off of the album lp2 right yeah i think it's lp2 um, Moon. This is Moon. Alrighty, and uh, this is the Post Void Post Remix. Alright, thank you for listening. 
I'm gonna have to, I, 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 I'm certainly going to do a part two, because I got the fucking notes, it would be a pity if I didn't fucking do an episode about all these goddamn notes I have about China and Russia, already, um, but I got my sources down, I want to get my sources down, I want to fucking speculate on this first intro, so, hope you guys enjoyed, we'll talk to you soon. And final credit to, again, Secret Band off of Rise Records. This is LP2 Moon, um, the Post Void Post Remix, I guess you could say. I edited it up a little bit. I'm not trying to uh, push it out at all. And also, if you notice the thumbnail that I use, the um, image that I use, I'm not going to say where I got the background from, so it might be copyrighted. But um, at least my text there's a reason why I have moons in my um, my imagery because the fact that I think that uh, as I said before I believe it might even be like an early episode of mine I'm a firm believer in hollow moon and you know I'm not gonna say uh, I'm, as they say I'm not married to the ball oh god I don't want to get into flat earth like I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm not a flat earther don't fucking you know, oh god uh, it's a nice little uh, exit out um, buffoonery, but yeah, um, I am into like uh, weird shit about the moon because I think the moon's very strange. The moon doesn't make too much sense to me. I don't want to get into the moon theories. I already made a podcast about it. Go back, listen. Um, but I love this song too because it's not only about the moon, but it's about the mind. Enjoy. <laughs> Inspiration, patience can't be stacked You insane, the same, inventing things to 
up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account. Remember, don't rush me. My superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. I will. Please quiet. <laughs> We've turned every cell phone in Gotham into a microphone. And a high frequency generator receiver. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in Crunch, you're there. So basically, um, what I was thinking of was, um, oh fuck, I can't believe you've done that. Don't do that.